Welcome to How It's Met, a podcast about medical innovators and taste breakers. My name is Abdo. And I'm Jeff. Together, we explore the exciting stories of leaders in medicine and in the medtech industry. You know how I really like going on walks? Yeah. It makes me feel great. Wow, how topical. We just chatted with Dr. Melissa Lem a couple days ago. She's a founder of Parks, P-A-R-X. How do you you pronounce that? It's P-A-R-X. She's Jeffrey. P-A-R-X, right. Well, on top of that, she's had an amazingly unique career in media and movies. But we're here to talk about the interesting parallels between her work in nature prescriptions and that of medtech startups, right? Right, right, right. Let's get started. Okay. When conventionally, I would believe that if a patient were to come in to your office and ask you for treatment, if you gave them a prescription literally to go to nature, they'd be like, what? So how do you deal with that perception or how do you communicate around that? And then second, secondary to that, how do you incentivize behavioral change once that initial like communication hump has been surpassed. Do you know what's funny, Jeff, is I have never had a patient say to me when I prescribe nature to them, huh? Like, I, this is this was my fear, actually. Like, the first time I recommended nature, it was to a student who had ADHD, who was actually from Vancouver, that I saw at the student health service in, at U of T. Um, he, he said, actually, that he was having trouble focusing more with the move to Toronto. And I asked him, well, you know, do you, after reading all that evidence and having my own kind of nature conversion experience. I said, well, do you think it might, like, how much time are you spending inside? Like, are you going down to, down to the, you know, Lake Ontario? Are you spending time in parks? And he said, I'm not. And, but actually I remember when I did do that, that was a major way of how, what helped me focus when I was in Vancouver. And so he, 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 like, he didn't look at me funny. He actually totally understood that on an intuitive level. And so I cannot say that anytime I've prescribed nature to a patient that they've, said, huh? (laughs) They've actually nodded their head and said, you're right. Thank you. I'm going to make this, I'm going to reintegrate this into my lifestyle. Um, So, so that hasn't been a problem for me yet. Maybe it has been for other physicians, but it has not been for me yet. Um, So I, but I have to say though, with that, like if a patient comes in to see me, for example, with severe depression or anxiety, I'm not just going to, in a flippant way, write them a prescription for nature, right? Like it can be a very um, powerful adjunct to other treatment modalities like prescription medication, like counseling, um, like other lifestyle changes, right? So it's n- it's never that I would just say, go outside and hand them a piece of paper. It's it's always working with the patient, making sure that our approach to it is patient-centered and, and incorporating nature and outdoor time into their overall treatment plan. And sorry, I forgot what the second part of the question was. Can you repeat that, please? Sorry, I, I have a bad habit of using two-parters, but so it, it's, it's great that people don't respond with a kind of questioning nature, but you've mentioned, or you mentioned at the, at the end of your previous answer that you're working with some partners in the States to fold in technology and Facebook is, I mean, infamous for this, but how do you hope to incentivize behavioral change so that people will actually adhere to the habit of, I I guess, visiting nature to make sure that their health is maintained. Yeah, this this is funny because we're we're like getting into trade secrets now and kind of like the partnerships that we're talking about. I'm sorry. To incentivize people, but that's okay. But in a broad sense, essentially, um, 
I mean, this is not set in stone yet, but we will have incentives built in to using the app. And, and when you, you hit your two hours per week and at least 20 minutes each time goals, there will be real incentives built in. We can't really announce those partnerships quite yet, but I think that's a part of it. You know, not only is the patient physician or patient healthcare provider relationship really important. And I think even just that recommendation and writing it down from a physician has been shown in research to increase patients' motivation to actually make that change. Um, incentives, other incentives are also really important. So I think patients will probably un have intrinsic motivation because when they head out more, they'll, they'll notice that they'll feel better and they'll want to continue doing it. But um, on top of that, there will be other incentives coming. So I don't want to reveal too much about that just yet. I want to bring it back to you just starting the initiative. Can you tell us a bit more about the Jewel Innovation Grant and how that worked out? Yeah, we are so grateful to um, the Canadian Medical Association and the Jewel Innovation Grant for recognizing PARX as a sustainability initiative, sustainability in event, in innovation. And I think part of that is really how, how much we leaned on communicating nature prescribing as, as something that can encourage pro-environmental behavior. So um, yeah, we applied when the call came out. And in fact, it was, it was a colleague of mine, I think, um, Dr. Courtney Howard, who is a really powerful and, and well-known um, climate and environment advocate within Canada. She's on the board of the Canadian Medical Association. And she tagged me, I think it was in like a tweet saying, hey, look, these grants are, you know, are, uh, have been announced. Um, why don't you think about applying? And so, so yeah, we, we put together an application again with great help from staff and, and our CEO at the PC Parks Foundation and, and landed the $50,000 in funding. And so we've used that to help us roll out across Canada, um, to do some of our communications work to, uh, to put, we're going to put some money toward from that towards getting our CME module, um, accredited and off the ground. But a lot of that is going into app development, I have to say, because, you know, there's a lot of work that, that I can do on a volunteer basis. And then other, other, many of our partners across Canada can do, but in terms of actual app development and programming and all that stuff, like we need some trained professionals there. So, uh, so that's where a lot of that, that money is going as well. That's pretty awesome. App development. Yeah. That takes a lot of money. Can you, what is the app actually for? Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, the overall point of the app is to to incentivize connection to nature. So that's sort of the uh, trade secret partnerships to be announced stuff um, that's coming. Um, but also incentivization will will take place through kind of prompts and messages and that sort of thing. Little kind of happy notifications, you know, when you hit your two hours or when you hit your 20 minutes each time. Um, and then we also want to track nature time because a really important part, I think, of any of these initiatives and to build support for it is research, right? So if we aren't kind of tracking people's nature time and health outcome in, in a more concrete way um, and measuring and being able to measure those outcomes, it, it's, it's kind of hard to measure success, right? So a major part of our agenda is also to further the area of research into not only the, the connection of um, human health to nature time or nature contact, but also nature prescribing in particular as, as a health intervention, because there's a lot of evidence out there about the health benefits of, of nature time or being close to nature, um, but not a lot of evidence out there about nature prescribing specifically as it pertains to health. There are a few little studies um, in the U.S., but not a, lot of, not a lot of it. So I think in order to build 
support for nature prescribing in, in a larger way, I think we need to get that research out there. And so that's part of what the app is for as well. That's absolutely amazing. I hadn't thought about it like that. Um, I, I think just to, just to build on that, I mean, just to put all of these pieces together and this vision must require like good selection and foresight into which partners you choose. And I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask you to disclose who you're partnering with. That's, that'd be rude of me. But I, I think from your experience so far, what has been your policy when it comes to selecting the right partners that allow you to maintain your values as, as an organization and to further, uh, to further your aims? That's a really good question. And I think this was a debate that we had when we were trying to figure out exactly who PARX was for. And there, we had a lot of back and forth and we decided that the main audience for this initiative would be healthcare professionals. And so we've really looked to partners that, that would increase our credibility with healthcare professionals. So that would be the major health organizations, like for example, family doctor, BC Family Doctors or the Ontario College of Family Physicians or Saskatchewan Medical Association. Like we've really focused on, um, on gaining endorsements from major health organizations. And not only that, they also have thousands of members, right? And so we, we gain endorsements from them. They then share our initiative with their members and more and more people sign up. So that, that's something different, I think, the approach that we've taken compared to, again, other nature prescription initiatives is that we've really, really laser focused on health professionals, whether they be, whether they be doctors, nurses, physiotherapists, um, psychologists. And then for credibility as well, I mean, We've also focused on major provincial and, and federal parks partners, for example. So, you know, we have an endorsement from BC Parks, which I mean, the BC Parks Foundation, which is the overall umbrella organization that runs PARX. Um, it's the official charitable partner of BC Parks. So that was not so difficult, but we've been in dialogue with a lot of different provincial parks um, organizations as well to get to get their uh, endorsements. And I think that's really important, too, as we move forward and start to create programming and events um, that patients who've been prescribed nature can engage in. I mean, during the pandemic, a lot of what we've been recommending has been going outside with yourself or close friends or family in very small groups, right? We don't, we aren't really having these mass outdoor events um, that, that we've seen before, before the pandemic. And so I think as we expand in, into figuring out what people can actually do, those partnerships with um, parks organizations and outdoor nature-based organizations will be important as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it seems like you're very strategic and selective about it so that you don't necessarily reach out all the time to everyone who's interested, but you've made sure to, I guess, I guess go to the right channel partners, you could say, um, to those who already serve those who you're trying to target to some extent. Um, that's right. I, I think, yeah. So I, I think one question that I do have though, is that, you know, not everyone does have access to nature. Um, a, a lot of, you mentioned this briefly about Toronto, but a lot of cities can be concrete jungles of their own and concrete jungles don't actually have the same effect as real jungles. I would expect for a nature prescription. So how would, how do you hope to manage that difficulty to make sure that there's equity and equality when it comes to being able to benefit from the services of PRX? 
that's something that we think about a lot. And a question that we get a lot is, well, if I live downtown where, you know, there's like a tree basically buried in a little in the sidewalk in front of my home and, and that's all the nature on my block, like how do I get my nature time? And you know what's really interesting is there is a body of research out there showing that what matters for your well-being is less so, less so, you know, how many different tree species you can see or how many different animals you can see running, running along the, running along the ground or up the trees. What matters is that you feel like you've had a meaningful nature experience. And so part of what we're trying to do is kind of, in a way, redefine for people what nature is, because not everyone is going to have access to a beautiful mountain to climb like I did in Hazleton. Not everyone's going to have a backyard garden, especially obviously in urban locations where, where land is so valuable. Um, just knowing, again, changing our concept of, of what nature is could mean that when, you, when you're sitting inside and you fill your indoor area with, with plants, there's actually research showing that people who have plants indoors um, that can improve their mental health and their focus. Just being able to look out your window at, a, you know, at, at, at the tree outside or a tree outside can, can also help ground you. So, I mean, I think it's important to change our concept about what nature is. We have these kind of ideas in Canada anyway about nature being the great outdoors. You're in a canoe by yourself in the middle of, of some lake with loons calling. Like that's, that's not accessible to everyone. And so, and so having having that idea that you can find nature where you are, no matter where you are in some way is, is a powerful one. That said, there is definitely research out, to, out there showing that um, some, if in areas of higher, the higher biodiversity, especially for example, if you can hear more birdsong um, or if you can see more, more different species, sometimes that can translate to better health outcomes, like better mental health outcomes in particular. Um, but again, what we're trying to make people understand is, is that you can find, find your own nature wherever you are. But that is a really important part, I would say, about the work that we do, both with the BC Parks Foundation and with the Canadian Association of Physicians for the Environment. I'm president-elect of that organization. Is trying to push governments, municipalities to increase tree cover, for example, to make sure that in new developments, um, there are areas that are allocated for green space. I think, I think that's a really important part of the work, not only to, to say, hey, get out there, but also to say to the people who, who make the decisions about what our environments are like, to say, this is really important for our health and, and you can play a major part in improving population health by prioritizing nature in our urban environments. I really like that last part about urban design. Hmm. How do you think that's going to play out in the future then? Uh, do you think they're going to be, uh, say, a specialty of being a nature physician, is that a thing or is that just a subsect? <laughs> That's, that is so interesting. You know, I, I, I that, like, I've never thought of that, but I think other people can perhaps do a bit of a better job, you know, as <laughs> like being, at being nature connectors than physicians. Like there, you know, we have, we have such de other demands in terms of from, from um, the healthcare sector and from patients that I, I think to have a physician only being a nature-based physician might, might not use all their skill set. That said, I do know um, of several physicians and other healthcare professionals who have done official training to be nature and forest therapy guides. There is an organization in the U.S. that actually trains up people to be official forest therapists. Um, and there are a number of physicians signing up um, who are incredibly actually accomplished. Like there's one... Um, that I did an interview with, and I've worked a bit with Dr. Susan Abukira, 
who is a, a physician who's, who works in, at Harvard. She's an internal medicine physician, and she, she's been involved in a lot of um, medical leadership initiatives. And when she came across this idea of nature therapy, she immediately thought this, this speaks to, to leadership and to the ability to connect and de-silo in so many powerful ways. And she took it upon herself to become a nature therapy guide. And so I think there are physicians combining the two, but in terms of, I mean, would that be wonderful? Like that's, that would, that'd be my dream to just hang out in nature all day and treat people. But um, I think in our, in our uh, current kind of medical system, it's not that feasible. That's, that is fascinating to see like where that could possibly go. But I guess related to that and your role with CAPE, um, I'm not sure if I should, if I, if, if I should see that acronym like that. Um, but how do you, like you, you mentioned before that by nature, no pun intended of, uh, bringing patients into nature were, were perhaps bringing them more awareness, um, to the environment and perhaps spurring some sort of environmental activism. So overall between your work with CAPE as well as PRX, what's your greater goal? Like, do you hope to, I guess, make sure that we as, you know, uh, physicians as well as patients can come together to push for more environmental awareness? Um, it is, is there some way in which you hope to combine the work that you're doing between those two organizations? Yeah, that's a great question. And Jeff, by the way, I love the puns. Keep, keep going with the puns. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I, so my overall goal, I, I think I've, I've alluded to it before is, is for our overall culture to see nature as the fourth pillar of health, along with diet, exercise, and sleep to see it as a non-negotiable. And so a, a greater culture change is one of the major goals of what we're doing. Um, but also I would say for sure, a secondary goal would be within the medical profession, especially to recognize nature as an, as an essential part of well-being. But in general, I, I think what I hope to do with my work through CAPE and with PARX is, is to make people understand in general how important nature is for our well-being and to help us fight climate change, for example, and to, to improve human health overall. So for example, like an idea I've thrown around is, is to get governments to really try to push on the idea that um, we need 30% tree cover in every kind of ecologically appropriate city within Canada to not only reduce the urban heat island effect, protect us from um, future heat waves and heat domes like the deadly one we saw in BC, but also just mm -hmm. improve people's everyday health, right? Like there are so many different ways that nature can intersect with directly with human health and also with overall planetary health. And it's one that I think not a lot of physicians have really gotten behind necessarily. Like conservation and nature kind of seem to sit over there in another box that like the tree huggers and, you know, the environmental um, nature-based organizations engage in. But it's in fact so important for our health. So I think, anyway, that's a, that's a kind of rambly answer, but I think... I think what I want is for governments, healthcare professionals, and the public to realize that not only is nature really good for our own personal health, but it is so important for planetary health and, and climate change as well. And that's, that's the goal is, is to, 
is to change the culture and, and change investments too um, by government and by major organizations in, in how we're prioritizing nature as, as a climate change intervention and a health intervention. That, that totally resounds with what I feel. Um, and I think that you, you've definitely inspired myself, but also a lot of other listeners. I think one thing that I do want to close off with, though, is a more direct stab at that. Um, you've done so much, I guess, with your career and life so far. If you were to go back and talk to your younger self or to a younger physician with your same interests in environmental health, in nature prescriptions, um, or perhaps generally someone who wants to start an initiative of their own as a physician, you know, innovator or entrepreneur, what would you tell them? What advice would you give them? I would say if this, if this is something you really want to do, you have to find something that you can feel excited about over the long run. So climate change, the biodiversity crisis, these are all things that we're going to be dealing with for the next decade, especially, but for decades to come. So find an area that you are really interested in and then throw your energy behind it. Um, and then look for partners. Like we can't, we can't do this by ourselves, right? Like I had this idea of starting a nature prescription initiative way back when, when I first started talking and writing about it, but it was only by, by linking up with the BC Parks Foundation that we were actually able to bring that to fruition. So building your tribe, um, re knowing what you're really passionate about, educating yourself in that field, and then, and then thinking, is this something that I could see myself doing for the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? I think I think that's really important. And, and I think what I'm doing right now, I mean, from that initial kernel of an idea that I, that I had, it was over a decade ago now, thinking I want to connect people to nature to today when PARX is launched across the country. It's, it's so great to see and it's so gratifying. And, you know, all that, all those, all those all-nighters and all those long hours and, and all that time, I think, I think is worth it because I think we really are catalyzing a powerful movement a powerful change right now and and I'm really looking forward to seeing seeing how this grows. Thank you for listening to this episode of How It's Met. If you liked what you heard, please download and rate our episodes on whatever platform you listen on. Also, if you have any feedback on what you just heard, we'd love to hear it wherever you listen to or on our website, howitsmet.com. That way we can create better content that suits you. Till next time, bye-bye. <laughs>